Good morning, and welcome to the second session of the fourth annual National Biodiesel Conference and Expo. It's been an honor and a privilege to serve as chairman of the National Biodiesel Board and to work with such a dedicated group of individuals for the past two and a half years. This board represents a cross-section of our great industry, farmers, suppliers of different feedstocks, biodiesel producers, fuel distributors, innovators, pioneers, and yes, even a rock guitarist, as we saw the other day. Working together with them, people like them and people like you, the Alamo doesn't need any kind of imported oil. Join me in another round of applause for the fine job they do. Our industry has grown over the years, and with it, a general awareness of our fuel has grown. This might best be illustrated by the fact that the word biodiesel actually made it into Webster's Dictionary this year for the very first time. Now, we do research every year to find out what Americans know about biodiesel in our industry. The first survey we did was in June of 2004, and at that time, 27% of the consumers had heard of biodiesel. This year, we did the same survey, and we found out that 45% of people had heard of biodiesel. Now, this is a significant jump. Now, we do, do some very intricate uh, testing methods to come up with these figures. I do something at home that's maybe a little less technical. I ask a 10-year-old little girl named Danielle what she thinks of biodiesel. Now, three years ago, when I came to this convention, I asked her, I said, hey, kid, I said, what do you think of biodiesel? And she said, biodiesel's cool. Last year, before I came to this convention, I asked her the same question. I said, what do you think of biodiesel, Danielle? And she says, biodiesel's totally cool. And Saturday, before, before I left for the airport, I said, Danielle, what do you think of biodiesel this year? And she says, Daddy, biodiesel's far out, totally cool. <laughs> you know, so either this kid's got her pulse on uh, consumer perceptions, or I'm learning teen speak. We like to think that biodiesel has something for everyone, young and old, because different people have different reasons for liking it. But in general, Americans seem to agree that domestic energy security is at the top of our list. Also, 76% of the people said that they would be willing to try biodiesel if they had a diesel vehicle. 82% said that they support a federal excise tax incentive on biodiesel. Now, it's pretty hard to get 82% of the Americans to, to agree on it, anything, let alone just one thing, biodiesel. And this shows the unique opportunity we as an industry have to gain broad public support and advance our industry. But as each and every one of you know, the only way that we can earn confidence and keep it from, with consumers is by delivering a quality product that's trustworthy and dependable. As you heard Gene Garbola say yesterday, our industry needs to be as effective at implementation as we are at building enthusiasm, and we certainly have a lot of enthusiasm. People need to know that their fuel is reliable, and they don't want to have to think about it. If people can't rely on our industry and our product, then we become irrelevant. Last summer at our board meeting, the board voted to make some sweeping changes in areas of fuel quality enforcement. We now have a fuel quality guide at our website to help consumers, the states, biodiesel distributors, and anybody interested understand quality and why it's important. Through our staff, we've been working with the state divisions of weights and measures and hosting webinars to educate more people what they can do to, to create an awareness and to encourage fuel quality. 
And we're also working with the Internal Revenue Service on enforcement of quality standards that relate to the biodiesel excise tax credit. But most important of all, we had the foresight a couple of years ago to create a quality pro control program. And that program, of course, is BQ9000. This program has grown substantially since Peter Kramer North America became our first accredited producer back in 19, 2004. Fuel quality was the overreaching theme of our conference last year. And at that time, we had just four companies that were participating in the BQ9000 program. Today, we have six BQ9000 certified biodiesel marketers and 17 accredited biodiesel producers. Together, yes. Together, they account for 40% of the biodiesel capacity in this country. Would all of the BQ9000 companies and their employees please stand? I'd like to recognize them. If we could have the house lights up. We appreciate what you went through to attain accreditation, and we'd like to see the rest of the industry strive towards that too, as we, come, as we can come up with a better product if we do things like this. BQ9000 is just one of the many services that we as an industry trade organization provide. Another service is our website, biodiesel.org. Our site's long served as a central coordinating source for biodiesel information. On it, MBB maintains the single largest online library of biodiesel technical information. And by the way, we'd like to remind any researchers out there to email us research that you'd like for us to post on our website or give us a link so we can, other people can go and learn from what you've gathered. Now, the MBB website is one of the most visited sites on the web, topping out at 14 million hits and 400,000 visitors per month worldwide. That puts us in the top 2% of all websites. In fact, several times, biodiesel has made the top five list of searches on msn.com. But until now, our site did not serve as a central source for all the products and services relating to the biodiesel industry. We believe that our industry has matured to the point where we need a shared marketplace, and we're proud to lead that effort. Our vision of all things biodiesel.com is the same as our vision for biodiesel.org, to bring the biodiesel industry together, to establish the place where biodiesel commerce happens. If you haven't been to the site yet, please stop by booth 301. Not only will all things biodiesel.com coordinate the biodiesel industry, but the revenue that we generate is going to help us by advancing the programs that serve NBB. Now, back in 1970, during the first energy crisis, International Harvester, the maker of the big red tractors, don't, which, of which I have a shed full back home, donated the use of a 180-horsepower tractor to the University of Illinois so they could do research on whether vegetable oil could be burned in diesel engines. At that time, I happened to be a student at the University of Illinois, and I can remember going through the ag engineering lab at times and seeing that tractor down there, and it was all to always tore apart. I asked a friend of mine what the problem was, and he told me that the, when they run the vegetable oil in there, they, were, they, ran, they had problems with the injectors messing up and the fuel filters clogging and all sorts of other problems. Now, when I graduated in 1981, 
it was a long time before I ever heard of putting uh, vegetable oil in diesel engines again. But the principal investigator of that research at the University of Illinois, Dr. Carol Goring, and others, which some of you may be in the audience, continued that research. And in 1982, excuse me, 1992, a group of about six soybean farmers, one whom we will uh, recognize here shortly, sat around a table and uh, discussed whether or not they could fund an effort and do the research to perhaps burn vegetable oil in diesel engines again. Well, that group of farmers formed an organization called the National Soy Diesel Development Board. With checkoff funding from the United Soybean Board and from some of the state soybean association checkoff boards from the American Soybean Association, they did some of the early research and development, engine testing, information and education type campaigns. And it was not, biodiesel at that time was not cool in any way, shape, or form. It was a vision that some people had. Early on, they recognized, though, that there was, they needed to change. And the first thing they changed was the name. They t- decided they needed to broaden the feed scope, feedstock source, so they changed the name to the National Biodiesel Board. They also recognized they needed some help, so they started inviting soybean processors, methyl ester producers, other industry people, USDA, university researchers to come to their meetings to share experiences and to compare notes and to try to decide where do we want to move this industry into. Through, that, through those early efforts, we, can, we here today are in this great hall at this great conference, you know, f- almost 4,000 attendees strong, which is just unbelievable. At this time, though, I'd like to recognize a group of people that, that really made this happen. If all the American Soybean Association and State Soybean Association members, anyone involved with the United Soybean Board, the State Soybean Checkoff Boards, any other farmer that's here, and anybody from the United States Department of Agriculture, would you please stand and remain standing? Come on, guys. Let's get up. Oh, stay standing. Stay standing, guys. We've got a little bit to go through yet. Um, The reason I had them stand is, early on I said that they realized they couldn't do it alone. This group of individuals, through their checkoff dollars and through their association dues, made it possible to get here. They also are the source of the feedstock for our entire industry. We don't dig our feedstock out of the ground. We don't pump it out of the ground. We plant the seeds in the ground, we harvest the seeds, and we come back next year and do it again. Years ago, though, they decide, their predecessors decided that they needed help. And at this time, I'd like to ask my fellow farmers to help me thank all the rest of you for making this industry what it is today. We couldn't have done it without you. Thank you, guys. You can sit down now. Yesterday, Representative Kenny Holsoff from Missouri made a comment about the FFA creed. Years ago, he, he, as myself and several of the gentlemen that were standing, were members of the Future Farmers of America, the blue and the gold corduroy coat uh, kids that uh, went to high school to learn vocational agriculture. One of the first things in in VOAG as a a 14-year-old you'd learn is the FFA creed. The creed is, is... 
several sentences long, but the first sentence says a whole lot. I believe in the future of agriculture with a faith born not of words but of deeds. That's pretty powerful stuff to, to uh, seed in a 14-year-old's mind. A lot of the people that started this industry, they believed in that too. And they used deeds to get us where we are today, not empty words. But I think I can bring everybody in this room together if I just add two simple words to that, that, that simple sentence. I believe in the future of agriculture and biodiesel with a faith born not of words but of deeds. What do you guys think of that? Is that going to move us forward? Well, good. I've been proud for the last two and a half years to serve as your chairman and to be part of such a dynamic and diverse group of people. I really look forward to working with the challenges of the year ahead and, and make, using through our deeds to, to get us to grow as an industry so we can become better and better and stronger. Thank you very much. Enjoy the conference, and we'll see you all in the trade show. Goodbye.